Besides Gita, what are other important books which Swamiji would recommend? Well, you can read Patanjali's Yoga Sutra and uh, one or two Upanishads, uh, Katha Upanishad, Isa Upanishad, Mandukya Upanishad, uh, simple and nice Upanishads. And at the same time, you can read some of the uh, present authors also, some of the uh, later great men, great swamis like uh, Ramakrishna, Vivekananda, Shivanandaji, and uh, Arabindo, hmm? Ramana Maharshi. Hmm? They are all wonderful books and uh, they have given out their own experience. They are more suitable to the modern taste, presented in the modern way. So you can read those books also. And still there are many Western authors also. Christopher Isherhood, mm -hmm. Arthur Avalon, who wrote The Serpent Power, and The Garland of Letters, and uh, another one, Wood, practice, Ernest Wood, Ernest Wood. <coughs> Paul Brenton has written some books. There are many, many more. I am not. Uh, well versed with uh, uh, present the authors because I don't read many books. Mm. Uh, 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 a little hesitant in saying that because I don't read books at all. <laughs> 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 I, I really don't want you to uh, uh, see me as an illiterate. That's why I said I don't read many books. <laughs> <laughs> I read only one book, hmm? the book of nature. I read many things from you, from everything what I see. These are my books. I read good lessons from vacuum cleaner, hmm? from an apple tree, as I said last night. See the vacuum cleaner collects all the dust, fills the dust within itself to make your room clean. <laughs> when I when I arrived in New York, I learned a wonderful lesson from the garbage truck. <laughs> I even started telling people, I want to be your garbage truck. <laughs> Dump all your garbages into me. Keep your room clean. And I will know how to powder it and burn it. Because when the truck comes the next day, it comes clean. <laughs> See? It works overnight and cleans all the garbages. Eh? So don't hesitate to put all the garbage in me. That means I don't really want only nice people to come to me. People with a lot of garbage can come to me. <laughs> Dump all here. Eh? I learned lessons from laundry men. 
that is the open book of knowledge. All those great men whom the authors, the present authors talk of, were almost illiterates. <laughs> they never read books. They never quoted any book. Where did they learn from them? We read Moses' Ten Commandments. Where did Moses got the commandments then? Huh? Where did he read from? Huh? Learn from the book of life, the book of nature. God has written this vast book. Each one sets an example. Not only that you read, you see their life and you learn from them. Because books will not teach you. You have to learn from the book. If you make a mistake, the book will not come and say, Oh, you have misunderstood me. But people from outside will tell you that. That's why you need even teachers. The teacher teaches you. Whenever you make mistake, he teaches you, he corrects you. A book will not correct you. You have to learn according to your capacity. You may even misunderstand it. Book is not going to do anything. So we have to learn like that. Is the mind and the ego the same? How do they relate to your real self? Well, the mind and ego is more or less the same, yeah? acting in different levels. The surface part of the mind is what you call mind. The, the, the bottom-most part of the mind is ego. The basis of the mind is ego, the I feeling is ego. And all the possessions make up the mind. All the desires of the I make up the mind. So the I is the ego, the mind are the desires, the wantings, the possessions, they all make up the entire mind. But they are all one and the same. Mm. Please talk about how to build faith. Well, each one is a big subject by itself. Well, I would say faith will not come until you really see something beneficial to you. First you should know what you want and then look for somebody or something which can fulfill that want. And then when you see somebody who can help you in fulfilling that want, then you try that. You don't need to have faith in him right away, but you should have a little faith at least in trying what he says. When you try, if you find any benefit, then the faith develops. 
Oh, hey, I see it works. Let me try a little more, a little more. The more you try, the more you get the benefit, the more you deepen your faith. And at any point, if you begin to lose the faith, think of the reasons. There may be some disturbing elements coming in. Your faith is being tested. It cannot be and need not be always growing in straight line. Many a times the faith shakes. But you have to question yourself. Am I seeing it correctly without any prejudice? Am I understanding him? Do I have the capacity to understand him fully? Another point, am I not getting the benefit by following him all this time? And am I following all what he says? what he has taught me. Am I putting it in practice? You may hear a lot, but if you don't apply it in your life, you won't have the benefit. You can't doubt. Many people do this. They come, they learn some methods, for example, initiation, get a mantra, but they don't practice it properly. After a couple of weeks or months, they say, I don't seem to grow. So drop it. Try something else then. You don't even question yourself. Did I do it with full faith, with full interest? If you do not work out, then you won't have the benefit. So you have to question yourself. And at the same time, ask others who follow the same method or same person. I say, how do you feel? How do you feel? If you come across mostly people saying, it seems to be a fake, it's all nothing. <laughs> then naturally you can't have faith then. But if they say, no, I have benefit. I'm getting benefit. I'm seeing really something genuine in it. See? That helps you in building your faith. The association. The encouragement that comes from the other people who follow the same teacher or same person. Then you grow in faith. Then all, everybody seems to be having benefit, why not I? Then there must be something wrong in me. Then you check yourself, correct yourself, and you begin to grow. So thinking of the benefits you get benefits the others got is one way of developing the faith and thinking of how much you worked to get this. If you are not growing, finding out the reason for you within yourself instead of putting the blame on him. These are the some of the points that can help you in building up your faith. Mm, now, what is this one?
While sitting, I experience tension and pain in my back and neck that hinders meditation. What should I do about it? Well, the tension and pain is mainly due to the stiffness of the body. The body is not fully relaxed. Either the body is too weak or the body is still filled with all toxins. So you have to work on the body. Make the body more relaxed. Purge out all the toxins that are already inside the body. Make it more healthy. Then you won't feel the tension. Even after doing this, if you feel a little tension, it is just common to begin with. Because in meditation, there is a dynamic force developed in your own body, a static energy. It begins to raise up. Very often you will feel the tension here at the back of the neck, the back of the head. It's just natural. You should get used to that, because the power rises up. It goes to the brain. So after some practice, you will slowly get used to that, and there won't be any pain. You will have pleasant feeling about it. So it's all common. This tension and pain is common with everybody. Everybody has to go through this. That shouldn't discourage you. Anything. Suppose you learn bicycling. That very same evening or the following morning, you cannot even get out of your bed. You will have all kinds of pain everywhere. Think of your horse riding. The first day you do it. The next day you can't even walk straight. So these are all something common that can be gotten over easily. Uh, would you talk about the significance of japa initiation and the explicit and implicit commitments which pertain to it. I'm trying to decide whether it is right for me to get initiated now. It's wonderful. The significance of japa, something like preparing the soil, and then the mantra is given to you. But when the mantra is given to you, it's not just a mere word. If that is so, you can even read it from a book. Or you can be initiated by correspondence. And it is not even the tune. If it is the tune, it can still be sent to you by recording it over a cassette. This is your mantra and this is the way you have to repeat it. I record it and mail it to you. Things made easy. Sometimes we can do that also. But that is not all the initiation. During the initiation, 
while giving you the mantra, a little of the vibration is infused in your body by the one who has developed that vibration by his own practice of japa. It's a kind of a fully charged battery lending a little current to your weak battery by having a jumping wire. See? This uh, example could make things easy, I think. A weak battery cannot charge your weak battery. But a fully charged battery can charge your battery. But remember, when the fully charged battery jumps a little current to your battery, it won't drain off completely to your battery. Then it can go back. <laughs> See? When the emergency vehicle comes, it just helps you to start. And then you have to work your own dynamo within to charge the entire battery. Likewise, during the initiation, the teacher puts in a little of the charge. Many people feel that right away. Some do not feel it right away, but later on. It's something like a seed planted in you after preparing the soil. And then by your own repetition, you develop that into a nice plant. That is what is meant by initiation. So it is a method to be worked with the sound vibrations. Because as we all know, the entire creation is nothing but sound vibration. In the beginning there was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Bible says. And not only the Bible, every scripture says that. The unmanifested essence or God, when he began to manifest, he first manifested as the sound. He started vibrating. See? He was static. And he was of no use to himself or to anybody. There was no play, there was no fun. <laughs> just to be like this. A rock, for example, if it is just there, there's no fun. When a sculptor works on it, makes it into a beautiful sculpture, then there is fun. People appreciate it. It reveals something. It expresses something. So that God, after probably being tired of just being by himself quietly without doing anything, <laughs> and that is the only reason for creation, we can say. Why should God create? Probably he was tired of not doing anything. He just wanted to do something. <laughs> he wanted to play with something, somebody. There was none else than him. He was all. There must be somebody to play with. 
So he started creating some duplicates. So the minute he started creating, the first thing was he started vibrating. See? That vibration hums. That hum is what you call the sound, the om, or the amen, or the ameen. That is the first hum. Even om, amen, ameen are spoken words. The Hindu scriptures well explain this. Real Om is not even spoken. It is Ajapa, unspoken. It's, the, it's called the Pranava. Pranava means anything that hums. Just hmm. See, he manifests himself as hmm. A baby manifests itself as mmm. And then when it opens the lip, ma, it becomes ma. Mmm comes and then ma comes afterwards. A cow, ma. See? Mmm. Wind blows, mmm. Fire burns, mmm. Yes. The humming sound is the basis of all other sounds. That is what you call the cosmic sound. <coughs> then variations of that hum comes forth. And then when that vibrates in different levels, they give rise to different forms. Because sound vibrations can create forms. Science says that. So we are all nothing but sound vibrations in different wavelengths, probably. So we have three different forms. Not only we, you and me, human beings, everything what you see, but you do not see, even a rock hums in a different way, with a different velocity. Scientists say that. Even a piece of particle vibrates because there is atoms in it, molecules in it, electrons and neutrons in it. So tell me one thing that doesn't move in this nature. You see the unmoving, stationary. What is stationary then? You don't see the movement and you say it's stationary. But it's absurd, it's all false. With the scientist's view, what you talk is false. I see the rock, it is stationary, it is there always, it's not moving, you say. Is it not a lie? That is why we say the entire nature is based on lie. What we talk about is all lie. Truth cannot be talked of. The minute you start saying something, it's only a lie. But in our level, it is fine, it's good. From your standpoint, it is not moving. 
but from the standpoint of another device, it's moving. With your ordinary look, is a cup of water. If all of a sudden your eye is converted into an atomic eye, you won't see a cup of water there. Why go to atomic eye? Even a microscopic eye is enough for you. You won't drink that water then. <laughs> Why? You will see millions of animals moving around inside. How can you drink that water? It's no more water to you. Huh? What you call water is no more water. So to your eye it is water, to the microscopic eye it is nothing but bacteria, and to the atomic eye it is nothing but atoms. To the gaseous eye probably H2O. Huh? Hydrogen and oxygen. So what is correct? What is the truth there? See? That is why truth varies according to the person who sees. It depends upon how you see. But the ultimate truth is something different. Why did we come to this now? <laughs> you are talking about sound vibrations. Eh? So it is to communicate with this cosmic sound, which you call God, because what, what we want is communication with God, communion with God, or yoga with God, or yoga with nature. Call it any way you want. If you are a Christian, say communion with God. If you are a yogi, yoga with nature. Call it anyway, it's only different expressions. But to have this communication, you have to vibrate in the same wavelength which, in which the cosmic sound vibrates. Otherwise you won't have the communication. The cosmic station, if you call it the cosmic transmitting station, it transmits its sound in a particular wavelength. When you want to communicate, or when you want to receive that transmission, you should become a beautiful receiver, a radio receiver. And when you become a radio receiver, you tune yourself to that wavelength. If a transmitting station sends a music at 110 point, 10, you have to tune your set to 110.10 to receive that music. No other setting will bring that music. So two, transmitting station and receiving station, vibrating in the same wavelength, can communicate with each other. Is it not? Does it make sense? That's why we say yoga is a science. You need not just believe it blindly. So when you tune your system 
to vibrate to the same wavelength in which the cosmos vibrates, then you are in tune with that. Then all that source, all that power, all that energy flows into you. All that music comes into you. You can sing the same music of Divine. You can be as beautiful as God Himself. You have to be that way, one day or other. So, Mantra Japa, initiation, Mantra, practicing with Mantra, is a simple but very efficient and direct approach. But it takes some time until you vibrate in that wavelength. That vibration should set in physically and mentally. That's why you are asked to repeat as much as possible. By the jumping wire, a little current is put in and your dynamo within, the built-in dynamo in your car should work. If the dynamo is faulty, it can run a little while and then when the battery is again discharged, you will have to stand on the way. So to keep the dynamo working, lubricate it well, see that all the wirings are proper, there is no short circuit, loose connection. That's why you practice pranayama and yogasanas to keep your mechanism well-functioning. So that is what is initiation. The only commitment if you want to have is just to be grateful for what you have received and to develop it more, that's all. If you don't develop it, the teacher doesn't lose anything. You may lose the benefit. If you don't thank him, he's not going to lose anything. You may lose your gratitude. So the commitment, if at all you want to use that word, is only for your benefit. You take a commitment that I will do this, I will tr try this, I'll be benefited by this, let me be truth, thankful to you. Let me be grateful to you. Otherwise, the teacher never loses anything. That is all the commitment. There's no agreement as such. He's not going to demand this or that. If you decide not to repeat it and just forget it, fine, he will say, okay. He need not even know that. But if you do it, before even you are communicating with the cosmos, you will be communicating with him because his own part of vibration is in you. When you develop that, you will be able to communicate with him first. That way you are carrying a part of the teacher with you. Even if you ignore it, he will be there hiding somewhere in a corner. 
You can destroy him. That's the only trouble with this. <laughs> Once you receive it, even if you abuse, scold and condemn, he will bear with that and he will just wait in a corner until you want him again. It won't die away. Thanks for listening to this Integral Yoga Multimedia Podcast. We hope you'll subscribe. For more information on Sri Swami Satchidananda and Integral Yoga, please visit us online at integralyoga.org.